Jesus about hope. If you lose hope, you're in a bad shape. A lot of people today in the world lose hope. And we have hope of all kind of things. I know all of you right now are hoping you get something for Christmas. You're hoping you're on the nice list. You're hoping you're not just going to get coal in your socks. You want to get $200 in your socks. You're hoping. Sometimes you have to help hope. Sometimes you hope for things. uh, But then faith without works is dead. So you you, you can hope for something and and then you can put action to it. Uh, This week, I was hoping that I would get something for my birthday. So I was shopping on Amazon. And I found a light kit for my golf cart. So I ordered it, and then I told my wife, you just bought me a birthday present. She said, what did I get you? See, I hoped for it, but then I just went ahead and put action to my hope. Sometimes you just, just got to put some action. Got to do a little shopping for yourself if you want to get what you hope for. Have you ever been disappointed? I remember as a child, one, one Christmas, I wanted a bandit bicycle. And I remember opening all the gifts, but that was not there. And I remember I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be joyful. But I just didn't get what I wanted. And I can remember being disappointed. And we were, my mama, she, she could see that. And she, she said, listen, you, you need to clean all this paper up. And you need to go out there to the laundry room and, and get a trash sack. And so I can remember walking out there just sad because I didn't get what I wanted. And I opened the door to the laundry and there was my banded bicycle. Woo! I rode that bicycle all over this neighborhood, jump ramps. I'd... Love that bicycle. I can remember, though, you know, you don't always get what you want. As we get to be adults, we don't always get what we want, and that's why I just buy it for myself. That way, I'm not disappointed. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I did learn a lesson. I've learned this lesson several times, and my wife reiterates every year. Do not buy me jewelry cleaner without jewelry. Because I did that one year. I just bought jewelry cleaner. She's like, what do I clean with it? She was disappointed. Hope. Listen, hope is a great thing. And we have hope this year. We have the hope of Christmas. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Hey, do y'all know the difference in the regular alphabet and the Christmas alphabet? The Christmas alphabet has no L. 
Hey, what do you call people that are afraid of Santa Claus? Claustrophobic. What do you call an obnoxious reindeer? Rudolph. See if y'all can get this one. Who knows the nationality of Santa Claus? He's North Polish. Where? (laughs) Okay. That's the last dumb joke. No, I can't promise. Hope. Everybody say hope. So Israel was looking for hope. They had been looking for hope. They had been looking for the hope of Messiah. Israel right now is going through a terrible time and they need hope and they're still looking because many missed that first coming and they still think they're looking and they're going to be deceived one day. But they're still looking for hope. But we know hope came. But until that point, they were looking for hope. And so much that uh, we, we see that even Luke described the two on the road to Emmaus. They said, we had hoped that he, speaking of Jesus, was the one who was going to redeem Israel. See, they had been looking for a redeemer. There was this messianic hope that one day Messiah would come. It, it was uh, Zechariah. John the Baptist's father that uh, uh, declared and made this prophecy we're going to look at today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of St. Luke. Uh, Luke chapter number 1, and we're going to be reading verse 67 through through 74 this morning. Uh, This comes out of the New New International, the NIV. Uh, And we just want to look at a few things. I want to give you five hopes today. How many need some hope? We, this is there. There's hope this Christmas. Listen, there's hope for your family. There's hope for your children. There's hope for your health. There's hope for your future. There's hope for your eternity. But we see here in Luke, there's some Christmas hope, and uh, it all boils down to one person, one name, and we're going to talk about that today. But Luke chapter one, verse starting in verse sixty-seven. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come to His people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To show mercy to our ancestors, and to remember His holy covenant. The oath He swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve Him without fear. Hope. What is hope? Just the the very definition of hope is a wish or a desire accompanied by a confident expectation of its fulfillment. Do you have a confident expectation? I have a lot of people sometimes that say, you know, Pastor, I really need this, but I I just don't know if I'm going to get it. 
I, I just don't know. I really need healing, but I just don't know if the Lord's going to do it or not. I need provision, but I just don't know if He... Listen, you need hope. You need a confident expectation that He's going to do what He promised. Hope is something that's desired. One, uh, it's the source uh, or the reason. We've got to have a source of our hope. You've got to have a reason for hope. Hope is to have confidence or trust in. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of things that if you hope in, you'll be disappointed. If you put your hope in the job, in money, in a vehicle, in a house, if you put your hope in people, if you put your hope in a pastor, you will be disappointed because we're just human. And humans fail. People fail you. Jobs fail you. Health fails you. Family fails you. Children fail you. Spouses fail you. People fail. But we have a confident hope in the one that will never fail us. We have a hope. This is what they were believing. They were hoping for this Messiah. This one that would come. And when Jesus came... They were in the time of the Roman Empire. And they were thinking that he had come to redeem them from Roman oppression. But he didn't just come to save from one oppression. But he came to save from all oppression. From all sin and sickness and disease. He came to seek and to save all. Not just for one time period. One people. But they had a hope. They were believing. And the first thing they were believing in is a Redeemer. It was verse 68. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come to His people and redeemed them. Oh, we need the hope of redemption. We need the hope of a Redeemer. We need the hope, as Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end He will stand on the earth. Somebody shout, my Redeemer lives. Oh, He lives. Amen. Romans said to those who are sold in sin, Amen, that we have an eternal hope that we will be redeemed, Amen, from our sin. The Old Testament, we find in, in the book of Ruth, uh, how that Boaz, amen, was a kinsman redeemer. That kin, that, that redeemer had to be family. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus is family. He came to redeem us. We're His children. He came for a purpose. He came for complete redemption. Amen. He is a thorough redeemer. A complete redeemer. He redeemed us from our past sins. He is redeeming us from our present and helping us to overcome now. And He's going to redeem our future in heaven. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. He is coming back for us. 
He came for my friend Jimmy this week. He's coming for our sister Hilda that was, was with us for years. And she hasn't been here the last couple of years. She's had dementia. And we went last night by her bedside and prayed. She's moments, hours, we don't know. She may have already gone. But he's her redeemer. He comes to redeem. And Jesus redeems our past, our present, and our future. And he is taking people, amen, to their eternal home every moment. And we don't know when our time is coming. That's why we just need to know I've been redeemed and I'm ready. Thank God our redeemer has come. I have hope in my redeemer. Hope number two, we find in verse number 69, Zechariah said, He has raised up a horn of salvation in the house of his servant David. Amen. The second hope this morning of Christmas is is expressed a horn of salvation. That word horn symbolizes strength. And the word there is, is like referring to uh, uh, the, the, the horn of an animal, their, 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 their power, their strength, and, and then uh, their, their, their beauty and their adorning. But he said, Jesus, he was referring to him, the house of David, that he has power to save. So we're not just being redeemed. You see, redemption is a legal term, is you buy something back. But salvation is an action word of transformation. I've been redeemed. I've been bought back. I was created in His image. He purchased me. He made me. I was given to the devil because of sin and because Adam gave that authority and sinned. But Jesus came and paid the price. I'm twice His. I've been redeemed and I've been transformed. I've been saved. Are you saved today? Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can buy, take you back from the enemy and then transform you into His image. See, you are already created in His image. But sin mars and disfigures. And, but Jesus comes to seek and save that which was lost and to transform us into His image, His likeness. Don't you want to be like Jesus? He rescued me. Our third hope we find in verse 71, salvation comes from our enemies. Or, I'm sorry, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To rescue us, verse 74, from the hand of our enemies. Can I tell you this morning, the Israelites right now in Israel are still praying this prayer. Redeem us from our enemies. Save us from the hand of those who hate us. Amen. The, the, the terrorist group Hamas that attacked them. Listen, their whole, the whole purpose of their existence is to wipe them out. Listen, we have people that don't like us. We all have people that don't like us. You have enemies, people at work, people, you know, you're just not their favorite people. And there's, you got some not favorite people too. I hope I'm not one of them. 
But we don't have anybody. There ain't nobody in my life that their whole purpose and goal in life is to kill and destroy and wipe me out. But you know what? Even if there is somebody like that exists, this prayer right here, this promise, this hope, He promised me salvation from my enemies and from the hand that those that hate me, and He will rescue me out of the hand of my enemies. Listen, God, don't, 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 don't think that, that what's happening, that it's just all just, just coincidence and, and that God don't know what's happening. God sees it and God knows. And it's going to get a whole lot worse until finally, the Bible says, from the north five nations are going to come down against Israel. They're going to be so outnumbered and they're going to cry out and say, God, deliver us from the hand of our enemies. And the Bible says that God, amen, is gonna, that as that enemy's coming, their skin's going to melt off of their face. Their eyes are going to burn out of their eye sockets. Amen. And they're going to be dead men walking. They're going to be dead and melted before they hit the ground. It kind of sounds like they're going to nuke them to me. The Bible says it's going to take seven months for them to clean up all the dead bodies. They're still praying this prayer. And God's going to answer that prayer. Listen, don't get on the wrong side of Israel. Don't get on the wrong side of God's people. Because God will answer this prayer. But God's going to answer that prayer for you today. We're spiritual, Israel. We're spiritual. We've been grafted in. Amen. We are heirs and joint heirs. And we can pray this, have this same hope. Lord, deliver me out of the hand of my enemies and from them that hate me. Now, can I tell you who hates you more than anybody? The devil. We don't have natural enemies. We don't have nations and people that exist just to annihilate us. But we have an enemy, the devil. The Bible says we have an adversary that goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Amen. Jesus, I mean, John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you have life and that you can have it more abundantly. Somebody say, I'm not running from the devil. The devil's running from me. Why? Because the Lord, you have hope that the Lord will save you from your enemies and from the hand of him that hates you. Now listen, our hope is in Jesus. He's a rescuer. He's a redeemer. He's a savior. And he is a rescuer. I don't know what you got yourself into. I don't know how deep you're in. I don't know, amen, if you're going down for the last time. I don't know if you're drowning. I don't know if you're addicted. I don't know how deep you're in it. But I'm telling you, he is a rescuer. And he is wanting to throw out a lifeline to you today. And he wants to save you no matter how lost you are. He's a savior. He's a hope. Our fourth hope. We find in verse 72, Zechariah said to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. Listen, there was a man that came to a judge in a, in a, in a time there's so much everybody's taking everybody to court and you just see all kind of legal action and there's so many things happening and 
There's a lot of guilty people. Anybody ever been guilty? Huh? You, you, you ever had the red and blue lights behind you and you, 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 just, you just knew, I deserve this. I did it. I'm guilty. This was a man taken before the judge and the judge looked at him and said, Well, I'm su- I suppose you're here to demand justice. And the man answered and said, No, Your Honor. I've come here to ask for mercy. What I deserve for my crime is justice. But what I'm pleading for is not justice, but mercy. I'm telling you today, I'm not asking to give me what I deserve. Because what I deserve is death. What I deserve is hell. What I deserve is separation from God. I don't deserve eternal life. I don't deserve heaven. But thank God, I'm not asking for justice. I'm asking for mercy. And we serve a God that is merciful. And He forgives. Hey, the Lord, He says He's compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger, abounding in love. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. This is David in Psalms. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. I deserve death in hell. But instead, I got grace and mercy. And He forgave my sin. And He washed them away. And He put them as far as the east is from the west. And He doesn't remember it. I remember it. The devil remembers it. And he tries to remind me of it. But when the devil tries to remind Jesus of it, Amen, he goes, I I don't remember that. I don't remember them failing. I don't remember them sinning. I don't remember that. All I see is the blood of Jesus covering a multitude of sins. And yes, their sins were many, but they've been washed white as snow. Not because we deserve it, but because of His mercy. Be careful when you start demanding justice. Be careful when you say, I hope they get what they deserve. Because it will come back on you. The Bible says, whatever measure that you judge, it will be judged back to you. You know what I want to pray for people? You know what I want to pray for my enemies? You know what I want to pray for those that despitefully use me? You know what I want to pray for my friends and my family and everybody? God, have mercy on them. You see, when I drive past someone being stopped, I don't laugh. I don't go, ah, ha, ha, ha. Look what, no, no, no. I always say, Lord, have mercy on them. Because I've been in that situation too many times. I've done better over the last years. I've taken defensive driving so many times. I'm such a good driver. (laughs) No, I'm not. I saw, I saw a bumper sticker. I started to point it out to you. I need to put on my car. It said, my driving even scares me. 
But ever, ever since I got our, we got our commercial license uh, to drive the bus, and you can no longer take defensive driving now. And it goes on your record, and you get so many, you lose them. And so since then, thank you, Jesus, I've tried to watch my speed, and I've tried to not break the law. I never broke it on purpose, but sometimes that foot gets goes to sleep, and it gets real heavy. But you know, yeah, I thank the Lord the last few years. I've, 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 but I see people, and I say, Lord, have mercy on them. Because I, I, I don't want anybody to get what they deserve. Because I don't want to get what I deserve. Amen? Let's look at this last one, number five today. Our hope. What are you hoping for? What's the hope of Christmas? What does Jesus come to bring? I love this. Verse 74, the last part of it, says to enable us to serve Him without fear. To enable us to serve Him without fear. You see, the the, the hope of Christmas is, is this double blessing that Zacharias, first of all, said, I'm grateful for the power of God. Uh, I'm thankful to be able to serve God. It's not a small thing that He would count us His children. It, it's, it's, it's not a small thing, amen, that He would give us the power and the ability to serve Him and worship Him and love Him and walk with Him. That's a great privilege. But we all know that there's a war going on in here. We all know that there's the spirit and the flesh. And about the time you think you've got your flesh conquered, it'll stand up. Huh? About the time you think, oh, I've conquered them. I'm patient. Somebody will try your patience. About the time you think, I've got that anger under control. Something will happen. Try to make you mad. Ooh, about the time you think you've conquered that tongue. Woo! Somebody will do or say something, and man, woo! You'll give them a good tongue lashing. And all of a sudden you realize, hey, I'm not as holy as I thought I was. I'm not as perfect. I'm not as much like Jesus as I need to be. That flesh shall rise up. The Bible says the Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. So we've got to continue to walk in the Spirit and feed the Spirit and allow Him to help us. So we understand that battle. Apostle Paul said, Because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do that it was weakened by the sinful nature God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. Oh, the hope, amen, that we have this morning, amen, is that Jesus made that sacrifice for us. I don't have to do it. It's not what I can do. It's not who I am. It's not how good I can be. It, it's not about my 
education or my what's my bank account or what color I am or what gender or what. Thank God. Amen. Jesus paid the price and all I got to do is just accept it. Receive it. He has broken the power of sin. He has removed that old stony heart and given us a heart of flesh, a soft heart to receive Jesus. He allows us to do the impossible. To follow Him, to serve Him, to love Him. And Zechariah said, we can serve God without fear. That's a blessing. Every religion, virtually every religion today, is dealt with by fear. Rules, regulations, you better do this. You better act like this. You better not do this, say this. You better, all these things, it's by fear that if you don't do this, you're going to miss it. We don't have to serve God with fear. We can serve God with confidence. We can serve God with peace. We can know today. You can know today that you have eternal life. You don't have to live in fear if you have Jesus. Now, if you don't have Jesus, if you've never accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, if you've never committed your life to Him, if He's not living in you and ruling and reigning and helping you live, you have a reason to fear. But if you've made Jesus Christ Lord of your life and you love Him and you're serving Him, and when you fall down, you get back up. And we confess our sins and He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. We don't have to live in fear. But we can have confidence. Apostle John said, There's no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Listen, when you don't know that your sins are forgiven, when you don't know that Jesus Christ is your Lord, you fear punishment, you fear death, you fear hell. But I'm telling you, today as a child of the Most High God, amen, what He wants to give you is peace. Peace in your heart, peace in your mind. He wants to give you peace with God. That can be your hope today. We don't have to live in fear. You can be graced with perfect peace. He said, as we keep our mind on Him, He'd keep our minds in perfect peace. What did Isaiah say? For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon His shoulders. And He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over His kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. 
the zeal of the Lord God Almighty will accomplish this. I'm telling you today, you can have hope this Christmas. Hope your Redeemer has come. Hope in your salvation. Hope that He will deliver you from your enemies. That you can walk in peace. You can serve the Lord without fear. This morning, let's receive that hope. Let's receive redemption, salvation, protection, provision. Let's walk with Him. Let's allow Him to use us to bless others. When you've received hope, you can give hope. When you've received peace, you can give peace. When you've been redeemed, you can tell others about the Redeemer. When you've been saved, you can share salvation. I'm telling you, today, let's experience the hope of Christmas and then let's turn and give the hope of Christmas. That's the greatest gift you can give. We give stuff that breaks. We give stuff that wears out. We give nice gifts and the kids will play with the box. And like it better. Listen, we can do all kind of things, but the greatest gift you can give people today is the hope of Jesus. Amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand clap. Say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. You're watching me online. You're at home. You're in the hospital. You're in a prison cell. You are on the road. And you say, Pastor, I need this hope. You're in this sanctuary today. You're sitting in one of these chairs. And you say, Pastor, I need hope. I don't want to live in fear. I I don't want to go into eternity without knowing Jesus. I need to be redeemed. I need to be saved. I need to be healed. I need to be delivered. I need peace with God. If you want to receive the free gift that God gave, Jesus, the greatest gift, His Son, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. You can have confidence in that hope in that today if you're watching online or you're in this building and you say pastor I don't have that hope I don't have that peace there's some turmoil going on in my life I'm struggling with some habits and addictions that are stealing my joy my hope I need deliverance I need redemption. I need salvation. I need deliverance from my enemy. I need peace with God. Would you open your heart today? Would you pray with me, dear Lord Jesus? You are the hope of Christmas. 
Jesus, I need a redeemer. Redeem my life. Take me back. You purchased me on the cross with your blood. Jesus, save me. Transform me into who you've called me to be. Jesus, deliver me from the hands of my enemy, from Satan, from all of his devices, habits, addiction, sin. Deliver me from that enemy. And Jesus, give me peace in my heart that you are my Savior and my Lord. That if I die, I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus. Today, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, my healer, my deliverer. He is my Prince of Peace. And I receive His gift of forgiveness and salvation into my life today. I'll never be the same. I'm at peace with God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray today for every person in this building, every person watching online. Lord, Lord, those that's made declarations with their mouth and with their heart, I pray that you heard that cry. You answer that prayer. Today, let them walk out of here with confidence and peace that you are their Savior, their Lord, their Redeemer. And I thank you for your hand of blessing upon their life. That you have redeemed them from the curse of the law. And they can walk in freedom today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I get a big hand clap today?